What's up, everybody? Look at this. I dressed up nice for you. I figured if it was just us, maybe I put on my best and look good for you. Uh, happy August. Is that a thing people say? I don't know. Maybe it's a thing we need to start saying. Hey, man, happy August. People say happy Monday. Happy Monday, dude. What's up, bro? Happy Thursday. You know what I mean? Happy August? I don't know. I always feel like I always associate August with being like disgusting and hot and uh, humid because like growing up in Massachusetts, summer in August is just like humid and like you couldn't hide from the heat. And we didn't have like central AC in our house. There was like one air conditioner. And then like there'd be like an old air conditioner left in the basement. And then you would just go down there and be like, I think I could get this thing to work. Not knowing how to fix anything. You'd be like, maybe it just works now. I don't know why, but for me, that philosophy, I've lived by that philosophy. I don't know if that's like something from my mom or something from like, yeah, just every now and then you just try something again. Like I think one of the greatest things that people do that I, w I just want to know how that became a thing. You know when like your dome light would be out in your car or your TV didn't come in clear or your AC wasn't working. When did it get to a point where people were like, you know what you should do? Bang on it. People were like, what? Yeah, just just bang on it. You would just that's how people used to do stuff like, hey. Like when your dome light would be out and you hit it and then it would work. You're like, oh there it is. Like at some point people were like, hey, that's a good way to uh fix things. You just bang on it real quick. That was never a thing. Some guy or some lady, I was gonna say chick, some chick Along the way, it was like, I bet if you bang on that, it'll work. And someone was like, yeah, I'll fucking bang on that. Now, did it probably come from pure frustration? Like, God damn it. Yeah, it probably did. Either way, banging on it. Um, but that was what it would be. It would be humid and gross and disgusting. And I do think for a while, like, even that AC that I got scrapped out of the basement that was just down there, probably from the people who lived there before us, and I got it into my window and closed up every window in my room, probably blew hot air, but I didn't care. It was just air. And even as an adult now, I cannot sleep if I don't have some sort of, like, blanket or sheet on me. And I remember like one summer it being so hot and gross and there was no AC and I just like laid and I had to have a sheet on me, but it was so disgusting at night. Like it's very rare even at night, like in Massachusetts, it's so gross that you can't get through it. But there were like a couple nights you're like, nah, I'm never, I'm never going to make it through this night. I'm never going to fall asleep unless something happens. And that's what I was able to do. I was like, all right, fuck it. You're just going to sleep. Anyway. Uh, that's what I always think of when I think of August, you know, I remember we're playing like, and another thing I miss for those of you out there in the East coast or, you know, South, is there anything better than a summer rain, a summer rain, by the way, great rock hit from the eighties, summer rain. Um, there is that Guns N' Roses song in the cold November rain. Da, 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 da. Whatever. Maybe, maybe the most underrated Guns N' Roses song ever. November rain or December rain. I don't know. But summer rain, when it would be like in the middle of summer, it'd be so hot and so gross and humid and it would just start downpouring. 
Oh, is there anything better? No, there isn't. Not even close. There's no way there's something better than that. It's the best. I remember playing in a soccer game when we were in high school, and it was the middle of summer, and it was so hot and disgusting, and it downpoured, downpoured, and everyone bounced. And we were driving then, so like my buddy grabbed me and was like driving me home, and we saw this huge puddle because like puddles happen quickly when it's a downpour because it can't go anywhere. It turns this puddle, and I'm like, one of us said, "Pull over." It's my boy Burnsy. What's up, Burnsy? And we pulled over. And we like stood in front of the pillow and like encouraging people to like splash us. And people would go by and like, ah! and you would get splashed. And we loved it. We sat there for, I don't know, half hour, rain stopped. I think then we went to get something to eat. Turns out, game was called back on and we missed the game because we were like, that way we're playing in this. But it would clean up that quickly. But either way, it could go from being like 95 degrees out to like 82. Or less because of that rain. Or sitting on a porch. Are you sitting on a porch? Is anyone out there right now sitting on a porch? God, there's nothing I like more than sitting on a porch on a summer night where there's like a cool breeze and you get the Red Sox game on and they're playing on the eat they're playing on the West Coast and it's 9 30, 10 o'clock. No. It'd be like 11.30. I remember one time I was home visiting, doing shows out at this place called Giggles. Gig- I mean, come on. Giggles. It's at, there's a place called the Prince House of Pizza on Route 1 in Saugus. And literally, guys, I'm not joking. They have a leaning tower of pizza. Not pizza pizza and it's out there and it's just like this big place and they have a side room and that's where they have this comedy club giggles and i was home doing shows i'll tell you a great story about that room but i'm back home doing shows and i would get get done with my show and i was just there two nights and i went to this sub shop in my town it's another thing that's not big in in california or at least where i live there's no sub shops massachusetts where i grew up there was sub shops in my town alone there was angelo's there was anthony's there was Stoneham Pizza. There was my brother's place pizza, where I worked for a long time. And then there's probably a couple outskirt shops that I never like would roll to. Like my place was Stoneham Pizza. That's where we ordered from when I was a kid. It was Greek style pizza. My mother would always get when we were kids. She would get a large cheese and a small onion, maybe half pepperoni. I don't know. Um, but she would get the small onion, and because none of the kids liked onion, I always liked onion. So she'd give me a piece, and. Uh, that's where we get our pizza from. And then I worked at my brother's place, so I started getting into that. And then we had friends that lived like on the other side. This is how small my world was, is that we were like a nine square mile town. But we had friends that grew up on the other side of town. And it wasn't like nowadays where you can get anything from anywhere at any time. You was like, oh, you went to Andrea's. That was where you went. And like I remember in high school hanging out with a bunch of friends and we were like going to order food. And we ordered from Andrea's. And one of my friends, Andy, ordered a steak and cheese with pickles and mayonnaise. Now, I was a steak and cheese, mushroom, and onion. She gets pickles and mayonnaise, and I'm like, whoa, what's that all about? And she's like, yeah, that's like a lot of people get that over there or whatever. And I remember eating it and being like, what have I never done this? Who would think pickles and mayo with the steak and cheese would be good? Anyway, it was awesome. (sighs) So I get done with the show. I I grab a sub 
over at Andrea's because they were the only thing open. What I get? I got a steak and cheese, pickles, mayo, bag of chips, Coke. Got to my mom's. She's asleep. Go out to the porch, screened in, big screen and porch. She never had that when I was a kid. That wasn't a thing. But all of a sudden, everyone's out of the house. Not all of a sudden. It was like 15 years after everyone was out of the house when she could afford to get a porch. She got this awesome porch. And I remember sitting out there watching the Red Sox play in Oakland. And I got home at like 1130. And it was like the fourth inning. And I'm like, oh, anything better? Anything. Cool breeze. It may have been raining a little bit. Sitting outside in the rain. This is what I don't understand about people. By the way, before I go on, thank you for the feedback on doing these solo apps. What do you think about the solo apps, guys? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You love them? I like doing this. I like just sitting here and chatting with you guys. Um, so a couple for the show, jlarsoncomedy.com, jlarsoncomedy, and social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I've been posting a lot of videos on Instagram from my special and from my half hour, and i got a bunch of other ones coming. If you like them, share them. Tag friends. It helps a ton. You have no idea by you just commenting and tagging a couple friends that are going to like it. It just helps. Or sending it to friends or reposting it or sharing it on social media like Facebook. It just means a ton. And the same goes for this, the podcast. It's on YouTube. If you love it, please comment on YouTube. Please post it on your Facebook page. It means a ton and it helps so much. So I appreciate anyone who's out there sharing it or commenting. And you guys have been really supportive about doing these one-ons. Uh, one-ons? Oh, you got her in a one-on. What does that even mean? I don't know. Um, send me questions. Send me things you want to talk about. I wrote down a bunch. I'm not going to be like, I can't tag everyone every time. So you're going to have to keep an ear out for when something you asked. And I'm going to try and... I don't want to just be a question-answer podcast. That's not something I want to do. What I'm going to try and do is take the questions you ask, turn them into stories of stories from my past or things I've been thinking about, and then try to answer your question within that. So basically, I'm just like looking for things that you you want to hear people talk about, you want to hear me talk about. I think you know some of the staples things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the way I interact with people. That's something that if you listen to the Shane Torres episode, you realize that's something I love to do. I love to chat with people. I feel like you grow when you talk to people. That's something I'm always going to do. Um, Like recently, I got into an altercation with a guy because I didn't like how he went through an intersection. So I tailgated him till it turned into a heated escalation. I mean, aren't all escalations heated, I guess? And is escalation a word? That's something we don't, I don't know. I really don't know if escalation is a word. Maybe think about it. Um, and now it's a new joke that I do on stage. So you got to come out and see me live. Where, Jay, can you see me live? I wasn't even going to do this. Um, middle of August, I'm in, um, middle of this month, my Lord. I'm going to be in Naples, Florida at uh, on Marco Island. I think that's like the 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere in there. Just go look. If you live there, go to the website. You're going to have to get tickets anyway. Um, then I'm going to be up at Rooster Teeth Feathers in Sunnyvale, California. That's the first weekend of September. Go check that out. In November, I'm going to be in Hartford, Connecticut, and then Laugh Boston. Two different weekends. Great shows all across the board. Please come out to that. In December, I'll be out at Vermont Comedy Club in Vermont. And then New Year's Eve, I'll be at uh, Helium in Portland. 
So some great opportunities for you guys to come see me. And again, and this is the last of the... I got one more thing. If you live somewhere... Like, people hit me up when I post things. When are you coming to Chicago? When are you coming to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina? When are you coming back to San Francisco? Do me a favor. If there's a club in your town that you go to comedy, call. Email. Hey, why is Jay Larson not at the club? You know you know he does this, this, and this. Have you seen his wrong number bit? That's That, like, helps a ton, you guys. People always hit me up. How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? It's a free podcast. We love it. That's how you can help. That's how you can help. Share it with people on social media comment and then call clubs that you want to see me at because then i'll be able to go there and perform columbus you want to see me in columbus i want to go to columbus germantown i love going to small towns uh last thing i got that axe up over there which i love but i needed something for like cutting wood for fires and i like i've said a hundred times i want to start camping someone hit me up and asked like when is it too young to take the kids camping i'm not a camper like, we didn't grow up camping. Single mom, you don't really camp. I mean, you might if you have, like, a legit... My mom was not a camper. We did Boy Scout camping, and I did a lot of camping. But it wasn't like... I never had a tent. I think I maybe had a sleeping bag, but otherwise, you get everything through Boy Scouts. Like, my brother was, like, way more... My brother was way more... Um, I don't want to say participatory or active. He would go out and be like, oh, I'm going to buy... I need to have a, a sleeping bag. He'd save money, buy a sleeping bag. I was always like... They'll get one somewhere. That's when you're the youngest. That's what you do. Somebody will give me something. It's not a big deal. That was me. So I never had any of that stuff. So we have fires here all the time, and I want to start camping. And I found this amazing hatchet. Look at this thing. Look at this hatchet. The company's called Man Made Company. They're not paying me to say this. And uh, I found them on Etsy. Look at that thing. It's so badass. I love it. Sharp. By the way, people always ask people like people ask me things about my kids cuz I, you know, I talk a lot about my kids and especially in my stand up. Anyway, go check out Man Made Company. Uh they do kind of awesome stuff like this. And I don't know how much hatchets normally go for. I think this was like 100 bucks. And uh yeah, am I bougie? Will I pay 100 bucks for something that maybe elite Maybelline, that's not a word. Maybe you could get for forty, like if it didn't have an awesome handle and didn't have an awesome case, it just had like a rubber handle or something. Yeah, you probably could. But do I love the idea that some guy makes these and then he set up an Etsy and then like put his own branding in there of something he came up with, probably talked about with his friends or his wife or his family. Like, hey, I was thinking I was gonna do this. You think that would be cool? And tested out with friends and said, do you like these little brass? things or should I just go and like talk to people and made something and now put it out there it feels awesome right there um oh god I can't wait just you you put it into the piece of wood and then you bang it through the wood anyway man-made company um I like anything that's made like some dude started with that in his backyard or some guy in his garage or some lady I bought my my chop saw from a woman who used to make like frames so she like you know little pieces of wood she'd make frames and i'm like oh man you know if, if you've ever framed anything in your life you know how damn expensive it is to go frame so for a woman to be out there I'm like oh, i'm gonna start making frames and you could do it by just having a chop saw i'm like yeah i want to buy that frame way more than i want to buy from fucking aaron brothers right is that the place but aaron brothers is so easy jay i get it 
Um, anyway, if you if you listen to the first solo, you know I bounce around. Back to August and summers. That was so. This is something I realized the other night. I did this great show at Hot Tub. Um, it's the Virgil in Los Angeles. If you're ever there, go check it out. And when they introduce you, they ask you like a weird question and they introduce everybody with the same like answer to their weird question. And uh, they ask like, what is the most like, what have you bought for yourself that you're most proud of or you're like love the most? And I don't like I buy a ton of stuff, you know, like I like old stuff and, you know, I bought these, but I don't they're not something that I think about is like, oh, I love that thing. And then I was like, oh. Because that's not something you ever ask yourself. Like, hey, what do you really love? You don't really think about that until someone asks you, which is why you should interact with people more because then you challenge people to think and then to know themselves. So I was like, you know what? I sit on my hammock almost every single day. When I had this, I used to have a uh, shed that I built, my friend designed, and I built it with one of my buddies from Colorado. What's up, Phil? And... uh, I had the hammock up inside there and I used to like sitting it all the time to think, uh, just relax. I'd take naps with my son there when he was first born. And then I had to take that down and then the hammock was nowhere. I couldn't put it up anywhere because I don't have two trees. You know, that's what, that's everyone's excuse. I don't have two trees. Where do you want me to put it? You don't need two trees guy. You got a fence post and then something else. Well, I was the same. I didn't have two trees. I didn't have two fence posts. There was nowhere I could put it. Till I built the kids a playhouse and I put half up against the playhouse and then half to a fence post. And yes, it hangs over the kids slide. And yes, if they slide down, they're going to get decapitated because they're going to hit me in the hammock. So duck. Like we had friends with my wife's like, are you going to leave the hammock up? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to leave the hammock up. And she's like, no, you're not, Jay. They're going to, someone's going to get hurt going down that slide. So we took the hammock down. And then when it got later in the day, I put it back up. And guess what the kids love doing? They love sliding underneath me. Anyway, what I'm saying is if you have a porch and you're not sitting on it, if you have a hammock and you're not finding a place to put it up, I can't stand you. If you have a home and you have $700 that you can spend on something and you don't put in an outdoor shower, that's all it's going to cost. I got an estimate, 500 bucks to do the piping and then you build the thing, build a wall around it. If I could, trust me, I still might build one. If you could shower outdoors every day and you're not, I don't even want to talk to you. If you have a hammock and it's not up and you're not sitting in it every day, if you have a hammock up and it's like got spiders on it because no one's ever sitting in it, I don't want to talk to you. And if you have a porch and you're not, you know what I can't stand? I love architecture and I love houses and buildings. My kids are like, dad loves houses. And I'm like, yeah, I love houses. If I see a house that was built and you just have doors open to just, they have like sliders that go to like nothing. There's like no porch. They just have like glass in front of it. Or if you see like living rooms with like French doors out to no patio, they're just there. I'm like, what is What is anyone doing? Why are you building porches you can't use? And why are you building doors that lead to nothing? It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. For me, I want to be outdoors more than I want to be inside. So if I can lay in a hammock and sway, that's what I'm going to do. If I can sit in a porch with screened in, no mosquitoes, I will be out there every single day until the last day of fall, 
until it's like too cold. And even then, I love being outside when it's cold. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. You want to be outside, it's cold out, you got to bundle up. Like people say, well, you go for walks with your kids because you live in L.A. No, I would be going for walks with my kids in the snow. There's nothing better than getting out there and just walking. Walk around the block. Maybe a 10-minute walk. A 10-minute walk is better than a no-minute walk. By the way, that's a book of poems I'm working on. It's called The No-Minute Walk. (laughs) That sounds like some esoteric idea. Oh, The No-Minute Walk. Whatever. Someone asked me what I've been... uh, Oh, back to the camping thing. Someone mentioned, like, when's it too, your two kids are too young to camp? I don't think ever. I wish I'm not a camping guy, and I can't speak for camping because I'm not camping. I want to camp. Do I want to go? Do I, Here's the questions. Do I want to go buy all brand new gear? No, I don't. Have I looked into where you can buy used gear? Yes, I have. Is it far from me? Kind of. Is that a big deal? No. Do I want to go there? No. I just don't. Two. That was five, so this would be six. Six. Uh, I want to camp, but you know what I want? I'm always like an ideal situation guy. I always want the ideal situation. I don't want to just go do something to do something. I want the ideal situation. I don't want to just go camp where you you pull your truck in off cement and you're like, oh, this is where you camp right here, and there's five guys over there that are drinking and screaming all night until 2 in the morning when you're there with your kids. No. I want a campsite. That's next to water with green trees around and I can have a fire. Because in California, a lot of places you can't have fires because of like forest fires. I get that, but I want a fire. I got to go up. You know what I mean? Got to go to the mountain somewhere. So I'm looking into it. I have a lot of steps to go. But if you have, if you're a camper and you have young kids, any age, I mean, if you're going tents, like nylon tents, I don't know. Is there still a part of me that's like maybe a bear is going to eat your face off? Yeah, of course. That's kind of like the beauty of like That's kind of like the thrill of camping. You love being out in a, amongst nature. At the same time, you're like, I'm kind of rolling the dice here. You know what I mean? It's like walking home late at night. You're like, eh, fucking who knows what will happen. Let's just do it because every now and then you're like, well, if I die tonight, I die tonight. I don't know if that's true. I mean, for people. But for me, part of the idea of like camping is the excitement of it. The idea that you don't know what's out there, that anything could happen. Maybe it'll rain. I remember like camping as a kid and we got in a thunderstorm. We had to hike home. I loved it. What I'm saying is if you have young kids and you're a camper, go, go camp. I think that's the best thing about summertime too, is like now if you don't live in a place that you can camp all year, like here in in California, like you can do so many things or in Florida or in the South and Texas, parts of Texas, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, whatever. You guys know where the places are. If you live like where summer just happens, that's when you take advantage. You know, I also feel like we get into these ruts where we're like, Oh, we just, this is things we do. And you start planning out your summer and you only have so much time. And you're like, well, we're going to do a week vacation and the kids are going to do summer baseball. And then kids going to go to camp. You know, there's going to be a lot of things. You have to like, look at it and be like, man, where are we going to find pick and choose? And that's why I feel like even if your kids are in school, pull them out of school a couple days. Like, yeah, we're going to go camp. Why is, I mean, we put so much emphasis on school and I think school is 100% important and my kids are going to do it. But I also hope that (laughs) my kids are going to do it. Now, you know what? I've decided they don't need to. But I've also decided that if there are going to be cool life experiences that I can give to my kids, 
that means they're going to have to bounce from school. And I'm not talking about like Disneyland. I'm talking about like, you know, go hiking the Appalachian Trail and it's going to interfere with school or go to some, you know, I don't know, whatever. And Disneyland. If people want to go to Disneyland, go to Disneyland. You know, whatever it is, school can be made up and like kids are not working full-time jobs. I mean, I know they're learning in school, but at the same time, like everything in life should be able to take a time out from it, you know, like like getting in a hammock. If you don't think you have time to lay in a hammock for 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, you're crazy, man. Of course you can. Whatever. That's enough of that. You guys don't need to hear that from me, do you? Let's see what we got. Camp with kids. As you guys know, I cook a lot, you know, at home and I love it. It takes my mind off things. People ask me like, how do you work quick? I think you got to like clean as you go. Here's the deal with cooking. I think that anyone can take into consideration. One, do more of it. Two, if you don't think you can do it, you 100% can do it. Get a recipe and I don't care where, go to a restaurant, eat a dish and be like, I like that. And then be like, what's the name of it? And they're like, oh, it's called the chicken malarani. And it's like chicken with pesto in a cream sauce with linguine. And then go home and just Google chicken, pesto, linguine. And 20 recipes will come up. If there's anything you want. I didn't know there were lamb steaks. I didn't know that. I like lamb, but I don't like cooking meat on bones. I'm not good at it. Like anytime like you can get a bone-in steak, I'm like, I'm not cooking that. It's just I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't like cooking. I cook a whole bird in an oven, but like rack of lamb is delicious. But I'm always like, I'm going to fuck that up. And it's so expensive. The grocery store, they had lamb steaks on sale for $6.99 a pound. I was like, yeah, give me two of those. And I crushed them. You cook them just like steaks, made a chimichurri. I don't know how to cook lamb. And I don't know how to cook a chimichurri. Let your, you can't be wrong. I mean, you could be. And you can make a horrible meal. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I don't know how you prep lamb. You know what I did? I put some olive oil and lemon juice in a bowl with some salt. Then I put the steaks in there and then like tossed them to get them soaked. And then I let them sit at room temp because I know that meat at room temp is a good idea, especially like a red meat. And then I waited and I grilled them. I did like five minutes to side on the grill and they came out perfect medium rare. And I don't think they, I didn't taste any lemon, but I'm just like, I just feel like lemon with with lamb is a good thing i like lemon with meatballs i remember i used to work at this place bertucci's and they're known for their rolls like everyone goes there for their rolls and they make awesome meatballs too but they would bake their meatballs okay so they would bake these meatballs and then they put them in tomato sauce and everybody likes them in tomato sauce but you know what i would do when those came out of the oven i grab a roll cut it in half grab a meatball put it inside and then i would squirt lemon juice all over it I don't know. There's something about that combination I loved. It's also why I just love lemon, you know? My favorite restaurant in New York, Little Frankie's, they make this spaghetti limon. It's spaghetti, lemon juice, butter, and Parmesan cheese. That's it. And it's unbelievable. So anyway, when I made my chimichurri, I found a recipe that has lemon zest in it. Zest is like super underrated. And you're like, I don't even know how to use zest. Neither do I. Here's the deal. No one knows how to do anything until you just do it. Who gives a fuck? Just do it. Now, maybe not experiment with like filet mignons that are $26 a pound, but like I'll go and say, what's a good steak? Let me tell you this. One time I go to a Whole Foods, right? 
And I'm with my daughter. She didn't want to sit through a movie that we took the kids to. So I said to my wife, you just chill with our son. I'll just go grocery shopping. Which, because you're like, who wants to grocery shop when you can see a movie? Any time alone, one-on-one with my kids is amazing. It's amazing. I don't. I like going grocery shopping if they're coming with me. I like going for coffee if they're coming with me. I could go to the DMV. That might not be as fun because they got to do something. But, like, I just love being around them. So grocery shopping is so much fun. You talk the whole time. You connect. You interact. Anyway, we go grocery shopping and... I said to the guy, I'm like, hey, man, what's a good what's a good piece of steak for me and the kids? Something, you know. And the guy goes, well, filet mignon's good. And I go, I like, I literally looked around like, I go, yeah, no shit, dude. Filet mignon's always good. I'm talking about the kids. And he goes, what about the New York? I go, what are you trying to upsell me, dude? I'm not buying filet for a three-year-old. That's just not going to happen. Tell me something like a sirloin. You know what I mean? I think sirloin, when I asked this guy at another grocery store excuse me that has a butcher i was like tell me a good cut of meat you know that's tender because i like a soft meat you like good steak you don't nobody wants a bad steak and he's like sirloin's like fourth ranked four i think it goes like filet ribeye new york sirloin and i was like all right it's a decent price so so this lamb was 6.99 a pound i'm like that's amazing anyway Get a good, a decent steak and experiment. Try some things. See what works. Look a couple things up online. That's all I do. I don't know anything about cooking. I just like learn. I'm like, I want a chimichurri. Every time I have one somewhere, I love it. And then I, then you start realizing certain tastes. And I found one that had lemon zest in it, and I made it. And people ask me how I cook quick. Because here's another deal. People judge. I don't know if they're judging me or like that I make four different meals for my kid, like family. Like my wife and I'll eat the same thing, and then I make my son and daughter different mains sometimes, and then the sides are the same. And I don't have a problem with that. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I, do I want to be the guy whose kid like can put paprika on shit and like, oh, I like this. Like, yeah, you want some kid with an elevated palate? Sure. It's am I gonna dedicate my life to making sure? No, I don't have the time. My son eats salmon. Fish sticks, broccoli, carrots, tomatoes. That's good. I'm not going to... He won't eat cheeseburgers. What am I going to do? Be like, no, you're eating cheeseburgers. No. He eats steak. There's certain. He doesn't like pasta, really. I'm not going to force it him. And she won't eat... She won't eat quesadillas. He won't eat... Ma- I'm not going to just be like, no, you're going to eat it. We're eat-. Some nights we eat all the same stuff. Steak, salmon, chicken... You know, that's all the same. But I'm just like, am I going to try lamb with them? No, I probably could have, to be honest with you. Either way, if you want to cook, just cook. And a part of the whole reason I do this solo podcast is because there's things that I believe that I think people should implement into their life more. Get outside. Cook. Do things on your own. Don't use your phone. Turn on the radio. Listen to the radio. You know how fun it is sometimes to just listen to radio? You know what I've been obsessed with? (laughs) We have, like, you, everyone has different cable packages. Spectrum Cable is what I have. And when you turn it on, it goes right to the Spectrum. They have, like, their own channel, and it's all local news. It's, like, portfolios on downtown L.A. and Craftsman and Echo Park and all this stuff. And it's so, oh, it's like everything growing up was for me, you know? Because even to this day, like, little towns or smaller towns, every city has like local news and they do like local stories and anyway i love it uh and that's something 
that you should check out, especially if you want to cook. Um, that didn't make any sense. Someone asked me what I've been reading. <sighs> Who's reading? I have books over here. I'll tell you what I've read and haven't read. Haven't read this. Dude, you know what this... Sometimes I just buy books because I love old books. How to Play Baseball Better Than You Did Last Season. What? I don't know. Haven't read it. Uh, Golf Architecture. I just had to have it. This book right here. That's a book I would recommend. Both of these. I've read both of them. Tragedy Plus Time by Adam Caton Holland. Awesome, awesome comedian. Amazing, amazing memoir. The Drama King, Carl DiGregorio. Awesome comedian. Awesome, awesome memoir. If you're looking for a book, pick up either of those. Carl's is about his upbringing in Jersey and his love for music uh, and Bruce Springsteen and anything classic around New Jersey and acting. That was all about going to acting school and drama school and how he changed and developed. And then Tragedy Plus Time is Adam's story about his comedian in Denver and his sister who played a huge role in his life and, and how she was connected. Anyway, great book. Uh, Shelters, Shacks, and Shanties. What's up, guys? Haven't read it. Uh, Cape Cod Moderns about architecture in Massachusetts during mid-century. It's unbelievable. It's got pictures. A lot of people like pictures, but a lot of in-depth stuff. Uh, this is a magazine about baking that my grandfather was in. No one cares about this stuff. Anyway, uh, I've just been reading a screenplay book because I'm trying to write a new movie, and I've been reading... Uh, Emerson self-reliance don't you this is what I love go watch old George Carlin and see that everything he was talking about 40 years ago is like relevant today and it's the same with reading that self-reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson you're like holy shit this is crazy how like everything he was talking about back in like was it the 1800s early 1800s is relevant today you're like wow Learning how to be yourself, late 1800s. Learning how to be yourself and and believing in something inside you. There was just something in there that just hit me that like I'm like, wow. And it was the idea that if you believe something is good for you, you also have the commitment and confidence to believe that it's good for all men and women. It's not like a man thing, but anyway, I love it. I love Ralph Waldo Emerson because I used to like love Henry David Thoreau. I'm from Massachusetts, so these people kind of like you feel like there's something kind of ingrained in you or are a part of you. And uh, I always feel like Emerson just kind of always has a backseat to Thoreau, just kind of like Ginsburg has a backseat to Kerouac, you know? Sorry. Someone asked me if I floss. Let me tell you something. Take care of your goddamn fucking teeth. If you're not taking care of your you're just dumb. I'm telling you. And you know how I know? Because I'm dumb. I'm dumb as shit. Here's the deal. As a kid... My uncle, who was a hockey player, was my dentist, okay? We didn't have a lot of money. I don't even know if he was charging us. All I know is any cavity I had as a kid never got Novocaine, and I didn't get put under. You went straight up. Do you hear me? Straight up. I can't even tell you. I can just remember sitting in his office... Oh, my God. I mean, this is why I had an aversion to the dentist for so long. Sitting in his office, and I can't I can't remember the drilling out of the cavity. What I can remember is the spraying of cold water and cold air to clean it before it was, like, prepped. And having to hold my head still while the rest of my body was squirming, and I'm t- I would be crying. 
And he was just like, ah, how's everything going at school? And I just thinking like, this is the worst pain. And it's like in your head, there's just nothing great about the dentist. But I know this, the longer you put it off, the worse it gets. And I put it off for so long. And it got to a point where I had two root canals, a crown, four cavities, my like your gum lines. Like there's like different numbers for whatever, how like deep your gum line is, a five, a four, or three or whatever. And I was like, all fives. They're like, your gums are in bad shape. Are you flossing? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not flossing. No one's flossing. Who do you think is flossing? That's what you want to say to them. Like, you think anyone's flossing? No one's flossing. You think anyone made us floss as a kid? No one was like, you got to floss. Nobody. Brush your teeth? Yeah. Because all anyone cared about is aesthetics. That's it. Nobody wanted to smell your breath. And that's what everyone thought it was. You, gotta, you can't smell. When the fact of the matter is, my wife told me, some hygienist told her one time, if you have to either floss or brush, you floss. Brushing is great because you got to get rid of that plaque, but floss is where it's at. So, and my advice, which is what my di- dental hygienist told me, don't even look at it like you have to floss every day. You don't have to floss every day. Start with like two to three times a week try to floss and get into it. So I'm getting much better about it. And recently when I went in for a cleaning, they were like, oh, you're you're doing really good. You have no more fives. There's a couple fours. But other than that, like it's way better than what you used to be. Keep it up. And I brush more now. You know, now I brush at least once a day. Um, guys, no, you got to brush. I do like at least sometimes three times a day, but always morning night but sometimes you should do three or four some people bring up a toothbrush i don't bring a toothbrush places maybe i should i don't really know um this is nothing anyone wrote into me but this is something i was thinking about um last week with shane torres's episode he and i talked afterwards we hung out for a little while you know what i always wanted to do i always wanted to raise someone else's kid i don't know why i do know why I'm not saying it's like I don't want anyone to have to to die and their to be kids to be like parentless or have people give them up or whatever. I just always thought I'd do a really good job at it. And it wasn't until I saw Free Willy, if you've never seen Free Willy, that I was like, yeah, I totally think I could do that. Because I didn't have a dad around as a kid, I always thought like, you know, if I ever had a chance to get a kid that didn't have someone, I would know how to talk to them. I would know how to encourage them. I would know how to build them. You know, and now I look at my kids and I'm like, you spoiled fucks. You got two parents. That's what I think spoiled this. You got two parents and they both love you. And they would both cut someone's throat for you and like my son recently has been a little bit of a dick okay and he's not like they I, when their kids are this young if there's any change like they're about to end school and he's gonna go to a new school and she's gonna go to a new class and the teacher's like yeah when there's change you know and i've talked to my buddy about it with his kid and i'm like you know with change you know their, their routine's gonna change they get a little anxiety like oh my am i gonna like the kids in my class am i gonna like the teacher am i gonna like the school am i gonna be are people gonna like me I, who knows i don't know what they're going through because who know, you know they tell you some stuff they think other stuff it's the same with us excuse me think about when you have to like your wife t- 
takes you to a work event and you're like, oh, God, I'm going to have to meet these people at your work. You know, these aren't friends. These are people you got to be friends with. So now I got to be friends with them and I don't know who what they're going to think of me. I'm First of all, I'm a comedian. I don't dress up to go places except when I do a podcast with you guys. But, you know, like I'm like, are they going to like me? That's the anxiety we go through as adults. Think about these like little tiny humans who their world is always protected. They can't drive themselves places. They can't defend themselves. You know, like all these little things that they're going to have to learn. Anyway, um, so my son's been a little bit of a dick and I want to be like, dude, all I want to do is love you. All I want to do is kick it with you. I, I, I keep asking, like, let's go ride the bike. And he doesn't want, I'm like, dude, all I want to do is be around you and you're going to be a dick to me. And you're just like, all right, well, whatever. But I feel like if I got someone else's kid or some kid that nobody wanted and you're probably like, oh, guess what? You know how many kids are out there that are unwanted? A fuck ton. You might be one of them. I was one. My dad didn't want me. If you know anyone who's adopted, their parents didn't want them or couldn't take care of them, didn't have the ability, maybe had a drug problem. There are kids out there. And I remember like there was a foster house, foster home in my neighborhood as a kid, and we would be on the bus. And I remember one time one of the girls from the foster home, it turned into this like I don't know who was picking on who, but she was like, oh, you guys grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. And we were fucking, nobody had a silver spoon. And like I stood up and said something. But even then, I was like, oh, she's just hurting. She's hurting because she doesn't have anything. Anyway, we got two kids. They're my own. And I have to have them. That's the thing. I have to have these kids. They're ours. You know what I mean? Those are our kids. But do I want to have a kid that nobody wants and then be like, hey, you know, fucking no one wants you? I do. And we're going to do this shit together. Anyway, it's something I always wanted. Like, I always kind of wanted to marry a chick who had kids but didn't have a guy around. Like, he fucking flaked. And then build that kid and be like, listen, you don't need that piece of shit. You got me. I remember a good friend of mine growing up when we were kids. His dad and mom split. But then she married this other dude who was the best. And, like, he played minor league baseball. And, like, I remember, I remember like, his son or a ste- uh, stepson, my friend, stopped playing baseball. He didn't play baseball past, like, I don't know, probably, like, fourth or fifth grade or something. And I played all the way through high school. And I remember, like, I had this painting business in college, and I played college baseball. But in the summertime, I'd have the painting business, and then I'd play in, like, a men's league to keep to stay sharp so that when – the season came back around, you know, whatever. So I'm at the hardware store one day, and I run into this dude, Phil. And I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, hey, how are you? Nicest dude. And uh, he's like, what have you been up to? You still playing? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm playing in college now, and I play in this summer league game. He's like, when do you win one of your games? And I'm like, well, we got a game tomorrow night. And he's like, where is it? And I go, you know, down in Wakefield. And I told him the park. He's like, I'll be there. And he came to my summer league game. And I'm like, this guy is the fucking shit. It was like... I mean, put it this way, I'm 43 years old and I'm still talking about it. I think that's a thing. We don't understand that a little bit of sacrifice of your time to maybe go to someone's baseball game or to lay on a hammock, that's not for anyone else but yourself. It's just taking the time out of whatever the thing is that you think is consuming you. More specifically, fuck you and your time. You know what I mean? Give a little time to someone else. 
Take some time to tell someone they look good. Take some time to ask someone a question. Take some time just to do stuff. And I'm not saying I do it all the time. I don't. I'm trying to. Like last night, it's funny because I'm sure you're like me and people that you don't keep in contact with pop in your head all the time, you know. And this morning, or no, last night, someone else popped in my head this morning, but last night, a friend of mine who I can't see that much, we live on other sides of town, he has a life and a very busy job and kids, and I have a life and kids and a not-so-busy, whatever. It's tough to, like, connect. And so I was like, I just sent him a text. Hey, man, I want to let you know I've been thinking of you. I hope you're well. Wish we had more time to hang. Miss you. And I I probably think of people that I don't get to see enough that I really care about at least two to three times a day. Someone will pop up for something random. Like I'm going to hit my brother up after this because I thought of him today, just this restaurant that I went to him once and went with him in his neighborhood in Boston. And I love that place. And every time I'm home, I'm like, what about that place? And it's nothing special. It's a divey. I don't think, I think it's Mexican maybe, but they have Christmas lights inside like all year. And it was like wintertime and we went in there and you just felt like, you just felt, I love places that you feel away from the world, yet inside is a world. You know what I mean? And that's what that place was like. And I loved it. It had Christmas lights up and we just sat in a corner because we nowadays are so focused on needing to know everything that's happening everywhere but right where we are. You know? It's like we get news updates on our phone. We get social media updates. We go to social media. We can get emails. We can get phone calls. We can get texts. Nothing is ever good enough where we are. And I love places that just fucking swallow you up and make you be like, hey, you're here. And I'm lucky because I don't see my brother that much. And when I do, that's what the world is, you know? Like, um, we don't talk on the phone. We don't FaceTime. We text or email. And we don't do either of those that much. But when I'm in Boston, it's like he drops everything and we just spend time together. So whenever I'm with him, it's like the only person I want to be around is him. And when I'm not, I think about him and I'm like, oh, I wish we could have more. But, you know, it's just, it's just, that's not how it's built. And it wasn't till why am I telling you guys all this information? It wasn't until I was older that I was like, oh, I think the only way a relationship works with my bro is like this. And it's like, you know, I said this to someone recently. I'm like, you know, you can keep getting mad at someone because the relationship isn't the way you want it to be. Or you can decide that they're important enough to you that you're willing to have the relationship be the way they want it to be. And um, I don't know if this is how he wants it or what he's able to give, but I just know that it is what the, our relationship is now, and it's great because I have that relationship, you know. Um, God, what am I even – how did I even get here? Inside places, outside places, I wanted someone else's kid. <laughs> I see kids. I never knew this till I had kids. I know the way I was as a kid, you know. I always had a chip on my shoulder. I was always driven. I always loved to work hard. I always loved it. I remember, like, I loved baseball games when it was, like, 94 degrees. Nobody, I mean, the ball travels further, one. But there was something I loved about sweating like crazy and getting dirty and, like, diving for a ball. Or, like, 
I just loved it. I loved like doing work out in the yard at my house and getting dirty and getting banged up because it's like, I just, I don't know. I just loved it, especially like physical stuff. Um, Again, now I forgot what that was. This is going to happen a lot. I'm just, I ramble, so I can't remember stuff. Either way, oh, that's how I was as a kid. And I would see like other friends' dads and they would see that in me and I would be like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, they would just, I think they, you know, saw it. So I just assumed my son was going to be like me. And I assumed like, oh, I could just like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. He's going to want to grind it at baseball and grind at golf and uh, grind it, learn how to ride a bike. And it's just, that's not who he is. It's just not who he is. And I never wanted to be a dad that pushed stuff because I saw that with other people. I didn't have it, but I saw it with other people and it just didn't always end up well. So I was just like, oh, I'm just not going to be that dad. And now, like, he's turning around with certain stuff. And my daughter, on the other hand, she, like, loves dance. And I'll be like, hey, let's do some dance moves. And she's like, yep, and goes right to it. So I guess the whole point of that run was don't put expectations on relationships. Take your time. Here's a great sports analogy. Roger Federer, what I heard when he would be in tournaments is he would take the first set to learn his opponent and he would usually win but he would learn their moves and their weaknesses he would take the second set to take advantage of those weaknesses and that those like he was like oh this guy's backhand's weak or he's not doing this i can drop shot on him whatever and he'd win that set and then he would take the third set to just fuck around and try some shit like oh you know this new drop shot i was working on let me try it out on this guy because clearly i got him and it's like the same with relationships you know like recently my son's been a dick is this what it all comes back to? This is what it all comes back to. He's been a dick. And I kept trying to like connect and be like, hey, let's go do this. Let's try this. And he'd give me he'd just be a dick. And I was just like, I, finally I was just like, just back off. Whatever. Just let him go be a dick. Just don't be a part of it. You know what I mean? My relationship with him doesn't end tomorrow. You know, I don't need to have him like loving the fact that I love on him right now. So I backed off. And I had to leave first show that night and then he just like wanted to come outside and wanted me to throw him up in the air and do these different things. And like, I saw it change. I saw him cause like when he's being a dick, you just see this like different look on his face. He's looking at you different. He's paying attention different. And I just was like, all right, I'm leaving. And he'd like follow me outside and the, you saw his face change and it was like, no, I want you dad. And then it was just different. And it was awesome. And I guess you just got to give people space sometimes and respect what the relationship they need to have. Because there's going to be relationships where you're the one who decides how it goes and there's going to be ones where people, they decide how it goes. There's nothing you can do about it. Was that cool? I thought that was pretty cool stuff. Someone asked how I got The Invitation. That's a movie I did if you've never seen it or heard of it. It's called The Invitation. Karin, Karin Kusama directed it. Really fucking awesome movie. Um, that I was really, 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 really lucky to be a part of because everyone in it was like super, 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 super talented. Unlike Rory Scovel, who's calling me right now, or Scovel. Why don't I take it? Hello? Hey! I'm recording a podcast solo, so you're on it now. Go try to play tomorrow? What, that's all you're going to give the, the listeners? Um, 6 a.m.? Yeah, I told you I want to play tomorrow at 6 a.m. Tomorrow at 6 a.m. I set it up. You'll be there. No sleeping in? No, no sleeping in, guy. You going to make it? Yeah, I'll make it. 
Bye. That's Roy Scovell. Uh, we golf. I'm golf obsessed. So is Rory. Um, actually, someone asked me, what's the worst golf shot I've ever made? That's you, Logan. Uh, I've had so many bad golf shots. I will tell you the worst golf shot I've ever seen. In my home course was this little tiny nine-hole course. When I say home course, that was the course I played as a kid. Nine holes, one par five, three par threes. Is that right? It went four, 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 three, four, five, four, three, four. Two par threes, one par five, the rest par fours. Called Unicorn Golf Course, Stoneham, Massachusetts. Which, by the way, every golf course in Los Angeles is fenced in. You can't get into it. Unicorn, you could walk right on it. And me and my buddy Joe Alberta, one time, we were like, I was home visiting and we went to smoke a joint at like one in the morning. And we walked out onto one of the tee boxes in the middle of the golf course and just walked out there. And we're sitting on this bench <laughs> smoking a joint. And all of a sudden we just hear, shing! Like somebody had unsheathed a sword and was going to kill us. And he jumped on my lap. I'm not kidding, like a cartoon. Jumped and lifted and landed on my lap. And I screamed like like a little girl. And I'm not saying that like a, some kind of like, you're fucking, you were a little girl. No, it sounded like, ah, like a little girl. And we heard that we didn't know what it was. It came out of like the woods. And then all of a sudden we just heard, and it was the sprinkler head. <laughs> going shing <laughs> and uh anyway i said get off my lap you little bitch and he said you the one who screamed like a little bitch um anyway the worst golf shot ever at that course the first hole you would get there and there was no tee times at unicorn golf course you showed up and there was this like little arm and you put your golf ball in and that's when you knew you went so sometimes you get there and be seven golf balls and that means there's seven groups ahead of you you go in be like yeah larson there's gonna be four of us like all right go put your ball in put the ball in now you knew when you were going and everybody be waiting to golf because this was the only the only play in town was unicorn and or the can of corn so you'd sit there and you wait and this one time this old guy got up with his wife and he was like, honey, back it up, back it up. And he's going to hit down the fairway, and he goes to swing, and he ends up hitting it off the tip of his driver, and the ball went zoink! 90-degree, bang, slammed his wife off the head. She fell down. They called an ambulance. Worst shot that I've heard of. Best shot last year up in Northern California with said Rory Scovell and my buddy Brian and we're golfing. It's the 18th hole, par four, and it's like you get to the end of the fairway, and then the green is like to the right and lower, dog leg right, and we're all looking at it, and the ball was below my feet, which means it's going to cut to the right. I had about 150 yards, which is perfect because I hit my 8-iron 155. That's kind of where I gauge everything, and I was like, I looked at both Rory and Brian. I go, I'm going to hit a cut five. I'm going to land it left of that pin. And I'm going to suck it back right towards the pin. And they were like, all right. And guys, I went, cut right into it. I didn't have to put English on the ball because it was already below my feet. Landed left of the pin, sucked right, set up for birdie putt, made my birdie. And it was nasty. I mean, that's just one that I can think of. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you. There are plenty of other great games. Anyway, we're going to golf tomorrow morning, Rory and I. And he said, don't sleep. I never sleep in. 
if you've ever seen the movie A River Runs Through It, the guy goes, there's two things you're never late, late for, church and fishing. For me, there's two things I'm never late for, stand-up and golf. It just doesn't happen. And we golfed last week, and I had to set my alarm for 5 to get there to golf with him at 6.30. I didn't need to set it for 5. I could have easily set it at 5.50 and left by 6. Either way, I overslept because I turned off the alarm, and then it was 6, and we were golfing at 6.30, and it's 40 minutes away. And uh, I was late, and I'm never late. That's why he's saying. But uh, And people are like, dude, what are you doing getting up so early? I love getting up early. I've mentioned it before. It's not a big deal. Nor should it be. And besides, if you have something that you love, that's going to take away from family time or going to take away from like time with your wife or your husband. Um, find a time that's on your time to do it. That's what I find is most successful. Because then you're not taking away from anyone else's time. You're taking your sleep time. That's something for me. I take sleep time to do shit that I want to do that nobody else wants to do. My wife doesn't golf. My son is asking to golf, and we go and hit balls, which that's another thing. If you're going to train a kid to golf... They need to hit the range for a solid three years before they step foot in a golf course, just so you know. Um, so we're going to golf tomorrow. I love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world. It's tough, too, because you just, you know, whatever. I love it. Uh, Floss, someone asked me, do you shoot narrative stuff? Yeah, of course, dude. Do you follow me at all? Go to my website, Jay Larson Comedy, and on there I have a series of shorts I did with Rory and Al Madrigal. Al Madrigal, if you don't know who he is, super funny guy, where they all take place at a diner. Then I have another series of shorts on there about a couple called uh, Self Taught that I did for Fox. And I'm working on, a, you know, I always write, like I've sold a couple shows that I scripted. That's all I've ever wanted to do is write stories and have people watch them. So I am uh, writing a new thing. I wrote a thing last year, and I didn't sell it this year. And so now I'm going to shoot it. So you can, I'll, I'm going to get that done uh, hopefully this fall, and then I'll put it out. And then I'm writing some new stuff. But yeah, that's all I ever want to do is write narrative. And people ask me, people ask me how you get started in stand-up, how you get started. If you have something you want to do, I almost think the internet is like, it's a great thing for this and it's also a bad thing. It's a great thing in that if there's anything you want to do, you can Google it and you can find out immediately not only how to do it, but how other people have done it, how they failed at it. You can Anything you want to find out, you can find out. Where I think that's a negative is for someone like me when there wasn't the internet, you had to really want something to do it. You couldn't just be like, oh, look it up and see if I like it. If you want to do something, you did it. Yeah, you could go read books. Sure. But that takes a lot of work. What books? Who wrote them? How do you know? Word of mouth. I don't know. So if there's something you want to do, go do it. How did I get the invitation? I was lucky enough to be in this movie. And uh, it's a it's uh, it's more of a thriller than it is a horror movie. And this is how things work sometimes. You know, people always say, if you, if you fucking just pretend you don't want it or you act like you don't want it, you don't come off desperate. And that's just, that's hard for me because I always was raised to work hard. And when you work hard, you let people know, hey, I'll bust my ass. I'll be here at 3 a.m. if you need me to be. But in this business, people are like, whoa, whoa, I don't need you at 3. This guy's desperate. That's horseshit. That's the way I am. It's the way I'm always going to be. If I want something, I'll tell you. And it's like, it's just something that just doesn't resonate in this town with, with everybody. 
So I was doing that show, best this show, Best Bars in America, where I was touring around. So I didn't need a job per se. I had money coming in. I had a job, but it was ending. And I got back, and this role in the invitation came up because the actor who was going to play it fell out and had to go do something else. And they need to fill it. It was like two weeks before filming. And I had just got home. And luckily, one of the writers, the writers in that movie are unbelievable. Here's the difference in writing. I, I, I write comedy and a little bit of drama. A little bit. But comedy first. Philosophical drama, if anything. These guys, they wrote The Invitation, which is like a thriller horror. They wrote Ride Along, which is full-blown comedy right along too they wrote clash of the titans which is like a period piece action movie they wrote aeon flux science fiction you're like oh you guys are real writers that's not me i like doing one thing anyway it was only two weeks before filming i didn't audition they narrowed it down to three guys we all went in had interviews with karen the director and you know i I'm really good at reading a script and getting a grasp for things because I'm a writer. So I just basically pitched everything I saw in this character of how I was going to do it. I didn't know if I could do it, you know, because acting is... I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it again. I think maybe... Maybe like 8 to 10% of actors are really actors. Everyone else is just someone who's playing themselves. It's like I'm saying with my writing. I can't write like those guys write where they can do multiple things and they can study and study ideas and then go write something like they've done. I have to kind of like write what I know. So I was lucky enough to get in there and be a part of it. And I stayed in my lane and uh, was able to do that movie and it was super cool. So that's what it is. Um, another person asked about stand-up if you're doing crowd work. And it's, I just want to sum this up and then we're going to wrap this up. I do crowd work in my comedy, if you guys have ever come to my, my shows. And it's because it's the same reason I ask you guys to send me questions or things to talk about on this. Is because I don't know if it's just something in me where I can't be the only one coming up with the ideas. Or because I just think we work better as a society when we're sharing ideas. I think we work better as people when we communicate with people we see. We tell people they look good on the street. We ask them, hey, what's that you're eating? You know, like I love the idea of being in an ice cream shop. Like, what do you got there? Strawberry lemon? What, what, what do you like about it? Are you a, you know, are you a sorbet guy? I'm just not into sorbets. If I see someone with a sorbet in a cone, no. I probably can't be friends with you. It's just, I, what are you doing? I don't want that. I need the milky, rich texture and taste to go with that cone. Sorbet, I got to, one, eat it out of a cup. Two, it's probably got to be a glass bowl. You know what I mean? Three, I'm just not into sorbets. Every now and then, somebody does something with like a vanilla ice cream with a sorbet, like mixed, that I can get down on. I mean, I'm not going to choose that over like a coffee Heath bar. Are you out of your mind? Um, what did we learn today? My God, I don't know. Get a hammock. Sit on a porch. If you can build an outdoor shower, go fucking do it and start living your goddamn life. Look at the rest of us that don't have one. If you own a house and you don't have one, you're just an idiot. <laughs> it's that simple. Do you know what it would be like? And get up early. Get up early. This is what your life should be. 
get up early. Let's say 6. 5.45, 6. 5.45, 6 o'clock. Go outside and take a shower, okay? With the birds chirping, a little breeze happening. Plant ivy around your shower so it grows up. Wood, brown wood that ages. Have a little shelf for your shit. Dude, you don't want shelf for your shit? Have the towel out there, dry off, and then sit for a little while outside. Then go inside, chill out. Go to work, do whatever you gotta do. When you come home that day, sit in the hammock. Sit in the hammock for 15 minutes. Hell, get dressed, then go sit in the hammock before you even start your day. This is the thing. We always think you gotta relax after you do work. That's a backwards philosophy. You need to relax to have the ability to do work. Not in all cases. <sighs> I love you guys. I love being able to sit here with you and chat. I wish you were right here chatting back, but you can't. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, mainly Instagram, mainly Instagram, or Holiday Bakery Productions at Gmail. Please reach out. Bring up things that I'm not talking about because I want to explore other stuff, and I will go explore it, and I'll give you an opinion on it. Let's grow together. Let's be a family. Share this. Share it with people you love that you think will dig it. Let's build a community. I love you.